All right. Hello. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I wasted my opening line. about naughty boys but instead now it's about my naughty dog so she's in timeout we're good to go um it's been a big week right so we just had body of work come out and Mm -hmm. we are getting ready to go to new york and we're Uh hoping to see some of these lovely folks when we get there right everyone is going i feel like i have never been to rhinebeck before i think i was talking about this in the last episode that i lived like an hour away my whole life and now I live across the country and I'm going for the first time. Time to go. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, but so many people have been like posting both like industry peers and also knitters from all yeah. over. So uh, yeah. Tell us if you're going to be there. Make sure you're on the One Wild email list. We will be sending something out early next week about how you can meet up with us at Rhinebeck if you're going to be there. No. Now what? It's in two days. Right. (laughs) Get on that email list. (laughs) All right, we'll send something out. Um, Well, we'll just set it to auto-send those details to people who sign up We'll send it to you last week. Yeah, we're going to go back in time. Mm -hmm. We're going to ship it. We'll see you there. We'll see you in in a few days. Um, We'll be there Sunday at 1030 on the Hill. Um, Come by, hang out with us. Um, I'm going to look on the website and see if we're allowed to bring in like baked goods. I don't know if we are or not. Oh, I don't know. But we'll have a blanket. We'll have a picnic blanket. Okay. Come sit in it with us for a little bit. Um, Yeah. We will have whatever Jen brings because I only have a carry on. Yeah. <laughs> and she has a Subaru. We may, of course, I have a Subaru. Uh, let's talk about round yoke sweaters. So we had a knitter write to us and um, ask us to cover a topic here. And I'm just going to jump right into reading a little bit of a redacted message here. We don't want to talk about specific designs. We don't want to talk about specific designers. So Lauren, um, thank you so much for sharing this with us. But uh, we know this is not an exact quote. Um, So Lauren says, I've loved watching your podcast and your focus on fit. That part is a direct quote. Um, I've had some issues recently with yoke depth and sweaters, and I'd love if you could possibly do an episode on fitting a yoke above the bust apex. My particular issue is that I usually end up with a batwing effect in the underarm area, but the rest of the sweater fits pretty well. I've test knit two sweaters recently, and in one, the yoke depth seemed to work, but after finishing, I experienced the batwinging, and when I raise my arms, the whole sweater comes up. This may be a side effect of it being a circular yoke, though all of the increases are over the shoulder instead of evenly spread out. I'm just not sure how to determine the appropriate yoke depth to avoid these fit issues. Thank you so much for your episodes. I always learn so much. So thank you, Lauren. If you'd like to see some of Lauren's work, you can find her um, on the gram at uh, Epinidiologist. So yeah. Hi, and thank you. Yeah. Round yoke sweaters. Pass. Is this a pass or smash episode? It is now. (laughs) So I was saying, okay, so I I said a moment ago that I think I've only knit one round yoke sweater ever. And that's not true because I've been like thinking back through my makes. I think I've knit two. One of them was terrible and it was too small. So it had one of the same issues that Lauren's having here in negative ease. Uh, really doesn't work for a round yoke sweater. 
the other one, it was comfortable, but I didn't find it particularly compelling as a, like a garment, you know, I'm a clothes girl. Like I want, I want the clothes. So I'm not in it as much for the experience or even like the beauty of the knitting on its own. If it doesn't hold up to like feeling beautiful on me, then I don't really go back. And I don't feel like round yoke sweaters usually look beautiful on me. I have nothing against round yoke sweaters as a knitter. I don't particularly want to design them because I feel like that is already really well done. There are so many round yoke sweaters. Um, and I tend to prefer to design things that um, are a little bit more fitted, as in there are places where you would adjust the design to make it more body shaped. That's what I gravitate towards. Um, round yoke sweaters, the too long didn't read version of the whole episode here today is going to be, they can work really well as an oversized pullover. Um, but if you're looking for something a little bit more fitted or a little bit more body shaped, they may let you down. Um, yeah, yeah, even as an oversized pullover, I just have to say like, the particular shape of them just isn't compelling for me on me, even oversized, like an oversized drop shoulder looks better on me because the way that the yoke of a round yoke sweater ends up being shaped in most cases, right? Round yoke sweaters are shaped by the, by the motif that is applied on them. And so that means that a lot of the shaping happens like in the mid area and it just, I don't know, like we were talking, we've talked about my body enough, but you know, I'm, I'm not a fan. I think depending on the, on the relationship between like your bust and your shoulders, maybe bust and upper cross, yeah. whatever that they can work really well. They look really great, like in the pictures, but then, um, I just always prefer a different construction. Yeah. So yes, but it's also because they are way less adjustable, way less adjustable. So yeah, and so um, I know that I will talk. I, I think I've gotten a reputation for being around you, hater, and it's not that I'm a hater so much as I think this is one of the constructions that's very difficult to do size inclusion very well. Um, mm -hmm. They work very well within a fixed range. But because we're working in a in a true round yoke, we're working with wedges, right? So we're locked into for that whole motif. We're locked into a certain ratio of increases or decreases. But let's let's for the for today pretend that we're always working top down. So a certain ratio of increases, and because we're locked into that, um, we're locked into a ratio of neck to bust, which is not how bodies really work. You know, mm -hmm. the bust to ratio changes dramatically across the size range. Yeah. And you're also locked in as a designer to like a very set number of stitches. So right, that, that makes ratio. it, yeah. right. That makes it harder to include even like your regular sizes that you might include, even let alone like extra additional um, fit shaping, but just having those increments of four, you know, for us, it's usually four inches between sizes, even that is difficult to achieve a lot of times in a round yoke sweater. And it's okay to have increments that are like a little, sure. a little off, but it just makes the whole designing process feel a lot um, it's more less beautiful. satisfying to me. Yeah. 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 I like that. So, I like when it all adds up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and the finer the gauge and the smaller the stitch pattern is, the more satisfying that is, right? I guess for me, that's true. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about one thing that Lauren said here is 
you know, she noted that the design that she was grappling with was a circular yoke with all of the increases worked over the shoulder. And so I want to start by saying that's not really a circular yoke, right? A circular yoke is shaped like a circle. It's concentric rings. Right. So, okay. I have a question. Sorry. Mm-hmm. What, when she says that all of the increases are worked over the shoulder, does she mean that they're all worked like in this area? Like a saddle. Okay. So it's almost like a fake raglan type with of no thing. increases right. in the upper chest. Right. And then, yeah. So that yeah. is, that's different than a traditional circular yoke. Cause like Jen is saying there were the increases, if you're going top down are worked pretty evenly spaced. I tend to think of a circular yoke as having like a tube type of shape, right? Like cinched yeah, or in at cone. the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. where you know you're making those increases evenly throughout the pattern to create like a concentric yeah like a cone or a pyramid right and so you know there are a couple different ways that we can do seamless top-down construction we can do a circular yoke where we're making those concentric increases all the way around the body um, we can do a raglan where we're concentrating those increases in the four corners Or we can do seamless set in. And when we do that, what we normally do is we work back and forth across the shoulders. Um, And then after we do that for a little while, we pick up the shoulder and then work in the round that way. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a much less common, it's much less common to see that construction, but it is a way. What we have here, when we're just doing increases across the shoulder, it's almost like somebody is doing a raglan with no front increases, which completely ignores the fact that our arms are stuck onto the side of our bodies. Um, and our our torsos change size, right? So um, all of that is going to lead to a garment that twists and sits on the body really funky. Mm. Okay. There's no room. Like we need stitches that are for the body and we need stitches that are for the arms. And we don't have that when we're doing this. We need to be able to cut out a shape where the underarm fits and then we have a place for the body to move. So when Lauren is identifying that wing from what she sent me in the pictures, what's happening is when she lifts her arm, there's not room for her arm to lift. And so the whole garment comes with it throughout the underarm um, entirely because there's just not any shaping for the arm at all um, because the arm is stealing stitches from the front. And it's like straining across the underarms too. then like there's no. Yeah. Yeah. And the designer recommends that this garment be worn with negative ease. Um, I think we know that that's because she's counting on the way the body fills the garment to then redistribute that overfulness in the sleeve and the underfulness in the body. Right. But that's not the best. Well, we don't feel that a circular yoke is a good candidate for negative ease. Yeah. Which leads us to our next point, which is circular yoke is always designed to be an oversized sweater. And the reason it works and you can lift your arm is because it has all that extra volume Mm -hmm. um, in the garment for you to move around inside of it. Right. Like even some of the most famous circular yoke sweaters that are super popular and some of them are infamous for not being well graded or well shaped, but they're still super popular to make and people make them over and over again because they're huge. So it's... Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a giant cocoon sweater, then it's going to move around or you're going to be able to move around within it, like regardless of whether or not it is um, the most 
body shaped. This garment is very beautiful. Um, Lauren has created two very beautiful garments that she sent me pictures of. And the sample projects that people have created and things that other knitters have created are also very beautiful. And that is 100% something somebody can choose. But if you make these and you're unhappy with the result, if you choose to make something where it's a negative ease yoke sweater, just know that's happening because it's a negative ease uh, negative ease garment. And it's very difficult to do a negative ease garment um, in knit and to be able to do um, the things that this knitter wants to do with her body and not have it behave the mm -hmm. way it's behaving. Yeah, I find negative ease. So I mentioned that the first circular yoke sweater I ever knit, which was like one of my first ever sweaters in my very early 20s. Um, it was negative ease. I think my I chose the wrong size or my gauge was wrong. And it was the right length, but it was not the right width. And it was just so uncomfortable. I just, I think the way that it would, that it feels to have a circular yoke really tight, the way it feels in the underarm and the chest is not, I don't like it. So some people are a lot less fussy and sensitive though about like sensory things than um, I am or maybe you are. And so I do think there are a lot of people out there that may be happy because it it does look really good. I mean, it does yeah. look pretty. Yeah. And it yeah. would be a fun knit. I mean, it looks really fun to knit. And that's, that's enough, really. I think a lot of circular yoke sweaters are really fun to knit. And there are a lot of like really, really beautiful lace motifs and color work um, that you can really almost only do as a circular yoke sweater because uh, they were designed for that. So yeah. Yeah. And I think that when we record this podcast, what we're usually trying to do is we, we know who our, our people are and they're generally people who want to make fit modifications and they want, they want that different fit. So, you know, if you're listening and you're like, I have a negative ease round yoke sweater that I love, like, great. That's wonderful. Um, this is advice for people who haven't been happy with the fit that they're getting in some of their round yoke garments. And I mean, I totally like a negative ease knit sweater is beautiful knit fabric. Knit fabric is great for negative ease garments. I would, if you want to experiment with that silhouette, I would look for a set-in sleeve. Mm -hmm. And the yes. reason for that is because when we lift up our arms, if there's a difference between, if there's ease under the arm, um, the more ease there is under the arm, the more the garment, the bigger your garment is, the more of your garment's going to ride up. I have two garments coming out this winter that have deep arms and they're oversized. When you lift your arm, that hem's going to go with it. That's part of the style right? That's part of that, like, relaxed, athletic, athleisure uh, vibes. Mm -hmm. vibes. Um, but if you're looking for that kind of vintagey, uh, tailored look, you want to be able to lift your arm. And the way, only way you can get the underarm snug up here and have it still fit the body well is if you have really good shaping for the underarm. A raglan can do that because it's really extreme, right? That underarm shaping. Yeah, this one. Yes, that's a great <laughs> example. Yeah, you want to tell I'm, us about that? Sure. I'm wearing Marie in Paris. It's one of my newest designs that I just revealed. She's going into test. And she's part of the Athleisure Collection too, but this is the only garment in our Athleisure Collection that isn't like an oversized garment. Um, this is not a negative ease garment, although when you wrap it, it might be negative ease like at the bottom. Uh, but it has a, a tailored and a vintage 
kind of fitted look because it's based on a classic ballet wrap sweater. And in order to get that tailored look with a raglan, um, I really, it's a less deep raglan than I would normally do for myself in a raglan sweater because I don't normally do such a fitted raglan. Again, it's not negative ease, but it is it's pretty body shaped. Um, so, you know, there's the contribution of the upper sleeve to the raglan and then the raglan depth is like almost zero ease to the mm-hmm. armhole. And I'm very happy with it because it, it, the garment doesn't move around. Like when I'm moving my arm here, uh, it's exactly. working out really well. Yeah. yeah. But it's, of course, it's a compound raglan and there's, uh, so there's increases concentrated at the top and at the bottom so that you have that flexibility as you're coming into the underarm um, so that the sweater isn't strained there because as I mentioned, I really hate that. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody asked me recently, like, do we have to bind off stitches for the underarm if it's oversized? And the answer is yes, because the arm where it goes into your body is round. And if you don't have that shaping, it chops it off, right? So a raglan is going to have that clearance because we're going to swoop in and do all those raglan decreases and give that whole front of the arm plenty of room to move. In a set and sleeve, we're also going to do that. In a round yoke, we do that by having the whole thing be so oversized that you can move around within it. And that's mm-hmm. the real problem with negative ease in a round yoke. Um, or a garment like the one that our knitter has shared with us, uh, all of that ease is up up across the shoulder. And so there's absolutely no real shaping happening here, right? Like there's no yeah, I feel increases. Like they I feel like they could have just designed that sweater as a satin sleeve or a saddle. I feel like there would have been a way to do that. I mean, not and have, I haven't seen like the whole 360 view, so maybe not, but um, yes, it was, it's an interesting choice. Yeah. I suspect that some of that negative ease is also what's opening up the motif. So Right, because it's like a big lace motif. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so any of these constructions where you want to get um, a negative ease fit, um, we do want to make sure that we have really great room for the arm to move around in all dimensions. And that if you do want to be able to lift your arm, you're able to get that armhole up pretty high to match your body yeah it took me a long time to realize that that like having less ease in the arm hole actually makes the sleeve move with your arm better yes the more body shaped your garment is in general the more you're going to be able to move around without the garment misbehaving because it's going to be right like your skin yeah but it is it's unintuitive it took me a little while to get there too yeah but it makes me think of like um you know, I've had myriad amounts of yoga pants in my life of all different constructions and, and shapes and fabrics. And I love like a very low crotch in pants, like a harem pant or other shapes that have that like dropped crotch. Yeah. And, it's and the you'll same get thing. those, mm-hmm, you'll get those in like cotton woven fabrics from like Thailand, um, which is like, like classic shape for them but although they're like huge and you have and I feel like I must be able to do like anything in them yeah having that dropped crotch makes them less flexible when you're going like legs wide than say even a pair of jeans sometimes it depends on the exact 
pants and everything. Um, but yeah, the lower that drop crotch is, the more likely it is to actually restrict your movement. So That's right. I had a whole wardrobe of like pants that I taught yoga in, but that I couldn't actually practice yoga in because they right. were yoga looking pants, not really yoga pants. <laughs> yeah. And we see the same effect as that dropped crotch with arms in these raglans that have really deep raglans or in like a dolmen, right? So mm. in order to be able to rotate that arm up, that arm, I just knocked my mic, um, that arm circle, that arm circumference has to also be, I'm all over the place today, um, has to also be as big as the the distance from the arm that you want to be able to lift so you know we'll see like swanchos right that have really short arms really deep armholes and you just know you only can lift your arm like the arc of the circle yeah that you have there and it's just a limitation of the construction it doesn't mean that it's good or bad i'm not anti-swancho um i have a raglan i've knit like these are well, all what fine. did you do Just with no limitations? It has so a really deep dolmen. arm. Yeah, you have a dolman coming out in our athleisure collection. Are there limitations in the in your arm range of motion when you wear that? I've seen you wear it. it doesn't mm-hmm. see- yeah, if are. you lift your arm too high, it will move the garment. Yep. No, well, it yeah, has a okay. really wide arm, so it's not like you can only move it a little bit. Like I have to get it up past ninety to move that hem. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like it's designed to be kind of a throw on and slouchy go with you kind of fluid it's not as you know when i do a design like this i want it to stay put on the body but i plan to wear this one actually off the shoulder most of the time as part of like a slouchy comfy Mm -hmm. cozy vibe so it's all in what you're looking for i love breaker i just need to say that (laughs) um i feel that i mean the hemline like on my on marcia's pride the drop shoulder that i have coming out in our athleisure collection the hemline on that is going to move around if you lift your arms up Mm -hmm. but you wouldn't really expect it not to, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And the trade-off is um, you make the arm bigger, so you have more room to move around. Uh, yeah. Then you have more volume under the arm. Again, this is fine. Um, but, you know, the closer you get to the body, the less movement you'll have in the fabric, like the less extra volume you'll have in the fabric and the more you can move your body. So, Yeah, well, and in um, the case of like Marsha, right, that's when I also consider making sure that that, hemline hits a little lower on the hips so that if I do lift my arm I'm not exposing like my whole tum that I right. I'm not always interested in showing the world yeah yeah let's talk a little bit about what we would look for if we were going to pick out a yoke sweater to recommend to somebody okay I would look for big and cozy mm-hmm. pretty yeah I would <laughs> look for a smaller motif rather than a large one the smaller the motif Um, And I would look for it not to come all the way up. I'm assuming, first of all, that I'm going to see it on a designer who's wearing like a size two and I'm going to knit myself a four or a five, right? Mm -hmm. So I personally want there to be some room between the collar and the motif because that's where the designer can intervene on how big the final neckline is. So if that motif comes all the way up to the neckline, that neckline is going to be a lot wider in the larger sizes than it is the smaller sizes. So I can get a, a fit that's more similar to the designer's if the motif itself is actually only a few inches long. Right. I actually have a, a circular yoga sweater coming out in it's a tee, not a sweater, um, coming out in the spring with the fiber company. Uh, I'm allowed to tell you that now. <laughs> and, Yay. Yeah. It's, um, 
I don't consider it like a solely a circular yoke because it does have um, the motif was wide-ish, not crazy wide, but not very tall. So it does have a little bit of raglan shaping above and below the motif. Right. I would look for hybrid like that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that made it so that I could work in some of the flexibility and have the different sizes, but still compared to like other designs that I have, it was not as easy to get, you know, the kind of shaping that I usually do. I'm just so used to like shaping in the same ways and it's not a construction that I often do, but it works out well. So I do recommend looking for something like that as well, because even if the designer didn't do a ton of customizing in that area, it gives you the knitter like room to customize rows to play with mm-hmm. yeah if there weren't like short rows added around the neck to scoop out the front neck there then you could add those in if you have a good stockinette section above the motif that's right it's harder to make that happen in a motif yeah because you have to cut into the pattern yeah mm-hmm. yeah um i would a green another green flag would be there's multiple stitch charts for different sizes so um another way that we can make sure that we're shaping things shaped like the body across the range is to have a different number of stitches at the top and bottom of those wedges right so mm-hmm. maybe the larger sizes work a few more increases throughout that color work pattern or that lace pad whatever the motif is their wedge gets wider more quickly than one in a smaller size that will also allow us to have a neckline that is more similar to the one we will see at smaller sizes. Yeah, but as a non-chart person, that sounds like something I will never design. <laughs> it, I think so it's really hard to do to it without it looking very different. Yeah. It's, yeah, it'd be really hard to keep it looking the same across the size range that we typically grade or even a modified slightly smaller size range. I just think it would be really hard for that smallest size and largest size to still look like the same motif but it's possible. And some people's brains work so well like that. And mine isn't that kind of brain. So I feel like neither one of us are the kind of people who design like in a chart really well. No, I don't like, like charts. And all of the texture is fine. From them. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, and then we would just say like, if you're going to knit one of these sweaters, do expect it to be oversized. Expect there to be volume under the arm. It's an oversized fit. Um, you know, do not, I would say you're still looking for a garment that's going to fit you in some places. Like an oversized sweater is always going to move around on your body a lot. Again, that's fine. But if you don't want it to do that, you know, you're looking for an underarm that's not too much deeper than your own. You're looking for, you know, reasonable ease throughout the body and the sleeve. Like if you have four inches under the arm, a super wide neck, you know, six inches of ease in the body, five inches of ease in the sleeve, your sweater is going to be in the same zip code you are, but you're not going to be able to count on it being any specific place. Again, that can be desirable. But if you're not looking for that, look for some of those measurements to be a little bit closer to the body. Mm. I like that. And I would say like, I would go into a circular yoke sweater, especially with the expectation that the fit is kind of like an 80s sweatshirt mm-hmm. right like that yeah. like generally it's more of like a it I feel like it looks poofy I feel like yeah. they look poofy on even if they're not poofy 
Although yeah. I don't, well, I don't feel like that about the tea I designed, ha <laughs> but that's a different But that's a hybrid. Yeah, it is a, a hybrid. hybrid. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's why I designed it that way, right? Because like that poofiness up here is I think one of the things that is not my vibe, but that yeah. is the vibe I think of when I think of like a straight up circular yoke. But you and, probably haven't knit a circular yoke for yourself since you started knitting a size down. No. But the one that I knit myself like forever ago, I knit one that I did really like. And it was from like a big design house that still exists that, um, you know, does good sweaters. And it was fine, but that was a silk. It was like half alpaca, half silk with like maybe some camel or something. It was like a luxury, super drapey fiber. And I think that contributed to why I liked the way that it looks on me because the drapey fibers will become more body shape, even with a bunch of ease than a lofty fiber. Yeah. 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 My only color work sweater I've on my only round yoke sweater I've ever knit myself. I followed the designers recommended ease and um, it wouldn't stay on my, sh- it slipped down like a nightgown on both shoulders Mm. Um, I did use a slippery fiber. This is before I knew as much as I know now. Um, I never should have followed her ease recommendation. I think it was like 16 inches. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> if you know, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh so hard that I'm blurry now. Wait, come back. Yeah. See me. Oh. So, you know, the final thing I would say is let's talk just a little bit about some of the easier mods you can make if you want to knit a round yoke sweater. The easiest thing to do to improve your fit, most knitters will benefit from sliding those sleeves back a little bit. So I think mm-hmm. we talked about this last episode, but um, we we would still choose a size the same way as we would otherwise, more using our regular torso and accommodating our breasts um, as we work the pattern. Um, but sliding the sleeves back can move more of that material to the front than the back and reduce some of that oversized look, um, particularly because they can look very full in the back. And so getting that fullness up front where you need it, if that's somebody who needs, if you're somebody who needs it up there, can improve your fit right out the gate. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. The um, other thing is you can work short rows. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. The other thing mm-hmm. is to add in those short rows to make sure that you have adequate shaping. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you're somebody who is um, busty, you can also pretend that you're just working raglan. So once you join and knit in the round um, and go down and split for the arm, the sleeves and cast on, just work a couple raglan increases in the front only and just add a little bit more width to the front if you want it. And that's great for people who have large, um, large breasts and large bellies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, I mean, the bottom of the sweater, If you again, if you're working top down, once you get past the joining, then all of the other fit recommendations that we always give will apply there. And in most cases, like, you're not going to have any trouble adding bust arts uh, to circular yoke. It would be unusual for the yoke to be that deep, that it yeah. would interfere with the bust arts. Yeah. The hardest mods to do in a round yoke, as far as I'm concerned, are sleeve adjustments. Right. Length, it- sure, but not width. Yeah. And again, I mean, this is really talking about like a standard circular yoke that doesn't have those hybrid lines. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you have to adjust the number of increases that you're working in your chart um, in the stitches that get assigned to the sleeve. Right. So when we cast on, 
for a raglan, we have stitches that are assigned to the front and the back, and we have stitches that are assigned to the sleeves. The same thing is true in a round yoke, even though we don't say it that way, right? Yeah. Some of those stitches will grow up to be sleeves and some will grow up to be body. Um, and so if you wanted to adjust the sleeve, you need to make sure that those that number of stitches that are assigned to sleeve grows up to be more sleeve stitches than the pattern includes. Um, and that's true. Because you don't want to just add that fullness at the underarm. Most of us who have full arms have full shoulders and upper arms. It's not just full from the bicep down. Right. You use space space for down. the tricep mm -hmm. and for the back of your arm. And yeah, I, I agree. I feel like that would be very difficult because again, you're just like so locked in to the number of stitches that you have when you're working a circular yoke, you can make adjustments, but that also like really depends because like the circular yokes that I think are the most beautiful are like, you know, Hitomi Shida has like so many patterns in the Japanese knitting stitch Bibles or stitch dictionaries with like these beautiful, really intricate lace and bobble wedges. And they're so gorgeous, but yeah, I don't know how it's really intimidating to me as someone who designs and does a lot. It's very intimidating to me to look at those and be like, okay, and I just want to add in a few more stitches, just like, where how you know um yeah. but in some cases that's probably a lot simpler to do so you know it depends on what's happening in that in that yoke i feel yeah. like this could be made a lot simpler when you're looking at a circular yoke that has like sometimes there's like stockinette columns in between the wedges and then you you've got a lot more room to play if you want it yeah mm -hmm. yeah like a chevron design mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, when the wedges are separate and don't cross lines. Right, when they're not like dependent on being seamlessly all the way around, then you can get in there and like widen between some of the wedges if you want to, which would yeah. be a, a way to make it happen. But if that's not the way that it looks, it obviously changes the look of it. A lot of the round yoke uh, sweaters that end up on my desk for knitters end up there because of yoke depth issues. Um, and in particular, I see a lot of round yoke sweaters that are unwearably small in the smallest sizes and unwearably large in the large sizes. So, you know, go ahead and assess that depth. Part of why that happens is because the yoke that's knit, the knit part of the yoke, doesn't account for the changes in the neck, right? So as that neck mm -hmm. circumference gets bigger, the radius gets deeper. So... As we get bigger and the designer writes a bigger neck size and they're locked into that neck size getting bigger because they're locked into that ratio. So as it changes in either direction, that that the circumference of the neckline changes. And so that neckline, when it's bigger, starts lower and lower and lower in the larger sizes. And then they have them knit the same amount of yoke depth. So they've got this six inches that they've got you knit. And then they're often thinking, oh, but this person gets bigger or smaller, so they might have a few rows that they take out or remove. And so they've forgotten to account for the extra depth that's added to the overall yoke because you don't start knitting those yoke rows until you're done with the neck. So the lower that neck is or the higher that neck is, that really influences where your sweater will end here. And so, um, and that's like an advanced topic a little bit, but that's what's happening with these sweaters that have these really shallow yokes in the smallest sizes and these unwearably large. I mean, I've seen yoke sweaters with like, you know, like five, four and a half inches in the small sizes, like five, yeah. like it's not, it's not comfortable. No, even so I was saying that this has a very slim 
underarm. And I think that my smallest size for like a 30 inch upper bust, I still, I think it's still like six inches, um, in my size, 34 and a quarter inch upper bust, it's like six and a half inches, Mm -hmm. which is less than I would usually personally prefer for a satin sleeve, but, um, it's totally comfortable and wearable for me here. Um, but that is any, any shorter than that. I mean, that's basically zero inches V's for me in the underarm yeah. and any shorter than that, I will not be happy. I'll not be comfortable. There aren't a lot of people out there that have a three and a half inch or four inch arm side depth. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're trying to look at the schematic and you're trying to figure out where this garment is going to land on your underarm, usually a schematic will tell you how deep your sweater is from the neck to the underarm. What you have to do with the knitter then is go in and get the number of stitches, exclude the, the the ribbing. So first of all, if your pattern has you work the ribbing first and then go right into the sweater, don't do that. Cast on yeah, however many like stitches you're supposed <laughs> to have after you're done the ribbing, go from there, come back later and add your ribbing, right? You need that structure. Do not ignore that step, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to. Uh, so get that number of stitches that you would have after you're done your ribbing. <laughs> Use your gauge to calculate that circumference and then get the radius and then add that to however long the depth is from the neckline to the underarm. And that will take you from the inside of your neck down to wherever your garment is actually going to end. And that's how you'll figure out using your schematic and your pattern, how to predict your fit that you're going to get and whether or not you need to make some adjustments. Yeah. And if you don't like calculating radius as radii, then that's why. You don't maybe want to do a circle sweater because <laughs> the word circle's right in there. So grab your uh, protractor and get ready. <laughs> oh, just so everyone knows, Jen legit keeps a compass in her, in, don't you? In your little knitting tools bucket? Yeah, it's right here somewhere. I think I took it out the other day, though. Didn't you have a compass like on you when we were in Baltimore? Am I making this up? I think we were on a Zoom. Okay. It's not in my notions bag. (laughs) But I like that you thought it was. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. (laughs) I feel so seen. Artemis is learning geography. Artemis is my younger stepdaughter, everybody. Geometry? uh, She's learning, like, angles. So she's Mm -hmm. got a little protractor. She hates it, though. Yeah. Geometry is the least math math to me. I mean, I agree with that. I skipped most of my geometry classes to make out with my high school boyfriend because I didn't think I would ever need it. And now I cry and ask Jen to help me with my shoulder rise. That's what you get for being somebody the boys wanted to make out with. (laughs) The revenge of the dorks. I would have gone back to geometry if I could retake, remake that choice now. Listen, that dude was so lame anyway. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, like, I do so much more math as a working artist than I did as an accountant. Ten times more math. Yeah, that's what I tell the babies every day. Every day, my children are like, we hate math, though. It's not fun, and we're not going to use it. And I was like, I hate math, too. And I'm an artist, and I have to do math all the time. Yeah. All the time. Stay in math class so you can grow up and be an artist. That's the, <laughs> right? like, the takeaway. Yeah. Don't say you want to be a graphic designer and then pretend like you're going to get to get away from math. You'll never oh get God. away from math. No. 
unless you're an accountant. Uh, <laughs> if you really hate math, just become a CPA. Just, just go for that. Yeah. Just trust me. <laughs> it's all categorical thinking. No real math at all. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Wow. So I don't know. Thanks everyone for uh for being here. Say nice things to us about the pod and everything all the time. Thanks, I would Lauren. Say, thanks, Lauren. Yes. Thank you. Um, this was a really helpful email for us to get because we weren't really sure what we were gonna chat about. And so if anybody else has anything they'd like us to respond to, put it in the comments. We read them, we love them, we save them until we're gonna do a grab bag episode. Uh, the other thing I would say is, you know, I know y'all like to get chatty in the comments. I would say that if you have a yoke that, you know, meets some of these, a, a circular yoke or a hybrid that you feel like meets some of these criteria that you've had a really lovely experience with, um, you know, share that, share that so that your peers who might be interested in this construction can benefit from your experience. Since this is not something that either of us gravitate towards, um, mm -hmm. you know, we'd love for you to share your expertise. Yeah. And stay tuned for a uh, for my take on on this construction. Maybe the, the only spring. time I'll ever do this because someone asked me to. And uh, she's coming in spring twenty four. Do you know so. when? Um, I think it's like March fifth or something. Ooh, so that's right when we'll be in Rose City. Yeah, in Portland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right, babes, come see us in a couple of days. I'll be at Wolf Woolen Folk. I'll be vending with Queen City Yarn. Mm -hmm. um, and Bess, you'll be kicking it. I'll be kicking it. I'll be around. You can see Marsh's Pride in the real life at the Camellia Fiber Company booth in Woolen Folk. Plus, you should stop by there. We love Sylvia. She is the sweetest. Her yarn is amazing. All of really her is. yarns are so soft. She just prioritizes that comforting experience for knitters. So... Go check out her booth. I think she's boothing with Shador Fibers. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. And lots of our other friends are out and around at Woolen Folk, too. So shout outs to everybody. And yeah, I'm so looking forward to seeing everyone. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to lose my voice again. You are. Mm -hmm. So. Just plan for it. Yeah. We'll have to just make sure we have like a lot of tea at the Airbnb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's on my list. <laughs> in the Subaru, in the Subaru. <laughs> thank you everyone so much um yeah and please do send us your fit questions and your yeah. fit, fit ideas because that's our favorite thing when we have something actually from you that we can talk about mm -hmm. all right thanks babes <laughs>